Women have been a vital part of farming for as long as farming has existed, but until relatively recently haven't been recognised as such. The Victorian Women on Farms movement has existed for 30 years and recently gathered in Port Ferry in southwest Victoria. Superfine wool grower Susan Rowbottom was one of the organisers and had the foresight to plant two pink jumpers, one pure wool and one fully synthetic, six months before the event to prove wool's biodegradability. They were buried together side by side between two pieces of wire mesh. We'll get to that in a minute because it was quite fun. Welcome to The Yarn, the number one wool industry podcast. I'm Marius Cumming. I caught up with Susan and asked her just what being part of the Women on Farms movement meant to her. It's been good. You can go and either do education parts in the workshops and the tours or you can just go and do uh, enjoyable things apart from getting around Victoria and seeing what different agricultural areas of Victoria are. Now. Women have been working on farms for ever and a day. Um, why do women need their own on-farm organisation? That's a good question. I just think it's nice to get away and leave hubby home with the kids and everything else and have a weekend away. <laughs> it's the best part of it. <laughs> Women on farms will survive. It may not survive as it is a three-day conference. There's a lot of other uh, Wool Connect conferences, Dairy Connect conferences that have been either virtual or one-day events. Uh, I think it'll evolve maybe a little differently to what it has for 30 years, but there's women's groups that are getting together as women for different industries, maybe just an industry, maybe... You know, we cover all industries. So women, I don't know, dare I say it, are not necessarily a novelty on farms anymore and I think are increasingly recognised as a vital part of farming in Australia and I think the, uh, the Rural Women's Award for many years has been important as part of that. Uh, do you think we're sort of getting towards gender equality on farms? probably is and it's probably taken a long time. Uh, 1994 if my memory serves me correct was when Parliament actually passed that Australian women are recognised as farmers. Amazing to think they weren't before that actually. No, no. We were just the, uh, well, tax deduction, silent partner. And I don't know how many were silent though. <laughs> no comment from me there, Susan. But if you think back to through the two world wars and the importance that women had on farms to keep farming and agriculture rolling through uh, those years, particularly if you look at um, you know dairy farms where cows needed milking and uh, the crops still needed to be harvested, and so it, it was just amazing to think that it took that long. It did. It did. You know, from. The 1945 to 1994 for recognition and today the women are really standing up and taking over the farm a lot more and I don't think uh, like after World War Two, you know they were put back in the kitchen and I don't know whether they'll get put back in the kitchen ever again. So what sort of um, training have you had? What's been your personal experience through Women on Farms? Uh, myself, I prefer to just come along and enjoy the company and meet up with the other women I've met for the last 10 or more years that, and that. I like going and seeing the different agriculture areas of the state. You learn a lot about how 
you know, the croppers work, how the orchardists work, how, you know, especially when we went down Hillsville and you've got a lot of the smaller floristry ones and the smaller industries down there, they were interesting to see how they work. So, yeah, I liked that part of it. So the organisation in general, do you think, has had a significant impact, not only on the women that have been part of the organisation, but the perception of women on farms as well? I think so. Um, and some of the women who have come to the gatherings were the ones that worked along just to get that motion passed in 1994. So we're here at Port Ferry for um, this year's Women on Farm gathering and uh, we've just done something quite exciting. Uh, tell us a bit about what you've just done for, for wool. Uh, back when what would have been our Victorian football AFL grand final day we buried two jumpers in a neighbour's garden one of the members actually on our committee so six months ago pretty much bit pretty much mm. yes uh, okay. 26th of september so that was uh buried then and we've just been up and dug them up and uh well we dug partly of the woolen jumper up the nylon acrylic jumper if we put it through the wash we could wear tomorrow but you know, it's a bit dirty to do that tonight now, did i see a broom and a shovel here there we go, yeah, there we go. We, how we far everything. down have we got to go well i think you're virtually on the end do you of want this. to move closer uh, meg hey do you want to move closer <laughs> right okay we're looking down here we go give, can i give lorraine a buzz can you all right can you yeah what like Oh yes, there's, there's the wire. Yeah. Look at the worms! My yes. goodness! Give me time. Oh, worms! Time's here, dear. <laughs> oh, they're fantastic. Oh. <laughs> oh, is, is this a sight problem, guys? <laughs> I can't see anything on the other side. Oh, don't say that. The worms have eaten it all. Well, that was the idea. <laughs> that well, was the idea. Happened. Yes. At least our wire didn't rust oh, out. There's not much of it left. There you go. You're not wearing that, Barb. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, oh, fantastic. Look at the difference. Can you get close to I was very pleased. I was sweating that it actually worked. <laughs> but quite amazing how the woolen one really was, you wouldn't say completely decomposed, but pretty much halfway there, uh, whereas the, the, the synthetic one was not altered at all. Not at all. Like we held it up, as you'll have photos to put on your site, and held it up. Uh, you wouldn't want to try to hold the woolen one up. There's a great big hole in the middle of it, and the only thing that's holding it together is the wire. Yes, so um, quite... I mean, as farmers, we shouldn't necessarily be surprised at this because, you know, sheep do die in the paddock of old age and other things, and, and they do return to the earth. I mean, we're dealing with a natural system. Yes. Yes, but we just wanted to highlight it because there's a lot at present being thrown at wool on sustainability and environment and everything else. And this just proves that wool, which has been around for ever and a day, you know, covering the backsides of the, the human race, uh, against the nylons and the synthetics that have been around since World War II or a bit before, uh, that are a non-replaceable fossil fuel clothing, uh, will fill up our landfill or wherever forever in a day. 
Now, um, that's a very important message that we continue to try and sell across the world through Woolmark. But just a little bit about um, yourselves. Um, yourself and David are very famous wool growers. You've um, done very well with some very high-end... Well, you tell us about the amazing... the number of awards you've won over the years because you, you really do deserve some massive recognition. Uh, we have won six of the past seven. Emmanuel Vallis Aurarium Awards. So what, what is that award, if you can explain it to people that don't? It started out many years ago as the finest fleece in the world and uh, the promotion as it was it's a golden fleece so it was originally worth the fleece weight in gold. But uh, it's a it's a mighty award to win and a very prestigious trophy so uh, you are to be um, congratulated for that and how um, optimistic do you feel about wool having been through it through um, the troughs and peaks of many many years? Yes, we actually bought into the Superfine Sheep in 1976 and uh, I paid $8 a head for ewes with lambs at foot. Oh, wow. I paid it. <laughs> so, and but you've been through um, since then the reserve price scheme, the fall of the reserve price scheme and the... Uh, everything, Republic. all the whole thing, uh, interest rates uh, well uh, into the 20s, all these things. And, 24%. Mm, and how do you feel about it now after all those years? Are you glad you bought those ewes at, with lambs at foot for $8? <laughs> yes, uh, over the years, look, we've done things. We've been to Italy, we've been through mills, we've been to awards. David's had awards. You know, you buy sheep back then and we've done things you wouldn't think we'd ever do being, yeah, $8 sheep. Amazing. And, and you're still there and you also have a very significant property uh, given the stewardship of that property and the natural biodiversity there. If you could tell us quickly a little bit about what you do on your farm because it's quite exceptional. Yes, we work with uh, Lizette Milne from the Basalt to Bay Landcare. Uh, we have some bandicoots, uh, eastern brown bandicoots on the property and we work there very closely with her to do a lot of fox baiting protection uh, environment. Apart from that, over the years we have planted, I have lost count of the number of trees and uh, our property now is, uh, at, well, it has a tree in every paddock or a plantation for every paddock. And how important is that to you, not just as a custodian of the land, but as a, a wool grower that can um, potentially tell that story with your fibre? Well, when we started we didn't think it was important. We did it a lot for sheltering stock and bringing in natural birds and things and that and now the world is looking at sustainability and that in a lot different light to what we started. So it sounds like you're well and truly ahead of your time way back then. Yes, back we started tree planting eight 1990s we were one of the first land care groups in the district and uh, actually it's still going fantastic well um, all the best for the women on farms gathering and the organization and um, thank you very much for what you've done for wool and continue to do for wool thanks Marius and I hope everybody enjoys what we did do
Susan Rowbottom there, and she's one of the key drivers of the Victorian Women on Farms movement. Head to the Australian Wool Innovation Facebook page or the Women on Farms Gathering Facebook page and see Susan's amazing burial work. And we finish this episode of The Yarn courtesy of Alex James's documentary, Slowing Down Fast Fashion, that really explains what the massive problem facing us all is. But for me, Maria's coming. Thanks for having a yarn with us. With His Royal Highness the Prince of Wales as its patron, the Campaign for Wool looks at the environmental impact of what we wear and what happens when clothes go into landfill. Anyway, I'm so glad to, to welcome you all here. I'm enormously grateful to, to, to all of you for giving up what I know is your very precious time. To prove that wool biodegrades and plastic doesn't, he simply buried two jumpers. I'm back here four months later to dig them up and see what's happened. Does wool really return to nature that quickly? I think we found treasure. So here's the woolly one, you can see it's just returning to the earth, decomposing naturally. That'll feed the roses. But this one... What? It's going nowhere! Manufacturers and designers know this, and some are doing more than others to put it right. But it's a trillion dollar business, and no matter what I say, some people are going to carry on bulk buying their clothes. So what can we do to put things right? How can we slow down fast fashion? We can begin by thinking. Ask questions, look at your labels, know what fabrics you're buying, know where it came from, think about who might have made it, think about where it will go when you've finished with it. Invest in your wardrobe, buy quality, whatever its age. Buy less, buy better, buy natural, buy the fibre of the gods. Repair the clothes you love, extend their life, change your habits, be creative, embrace clothes with character, buy from charity shops, share, swap, hand them down, hand them up, upcycle. Adapt your clothes, create new looks and be original, then recycle them. Clothes should never go to landfill.